You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. Fully Loaded Chew is tobacco-free, long-cut, and pouches that gives you the same pack, dip, spit, and buzz that you're used to without tobacco. Fully Loaded Chew comes in nine flavors and is made with all food-grade ingredients and tobacco-free nicotine, the purest form of nicotine there is. To give us a try, head on over to FullyLoadedChew.com for a $1 can of chew with free shipping when you enter the code OUTDOOR1. O-U-T-D-O-O-R and the number one. Lastly, many outdoorsmen are trying to quit tobacco altogether and fully loaded chew may be that first step. For more information on our product line, visit FullyLoadedChew.com. Welcome to the Land and Legacy Podcast. We're your hosts, Adam Keith. And Matt Dye. This is your number one resource for all things land. If you're interested in conservation, habitat management, hunting strategy, and rural real estate, this is the podcast for you. Welcome back to Land Lakes Podcast, guys. Adam is here. Matt is here. Yeah, we're calling in. I don't know if you've listened to podcast number two. I never know which ones you guys listen to first. You may not even listen to both of them each week, and that's fine. We don't hate you for it. Um, <laughs> but we're not going to invite you to come hunt with us anytime soon. Yeah, but um, and, and all the loyal listeners, like, is there a hunt giveaway? <laughs> yeah, one day, uh, one day. Um, and anyway, guys, um, we t- over there on that podcast, you can actually most likely, you know, we don't know yet. We got to see the quality, but we're kind of experimenting. We may actually drop it on YouTube. And you can see the videos as we're talking about it. Um, but uh, we did a podcast where we uh, once again compared some photos. This does not equal that series. Um, as we kind of cover old fields and abandoned fields. And they are not the same thing. And so uh, that's what we covered over there this week. We encourage you to go check it out. And um, we're going to kind of update you guys on some projects that we've been um, busting our tails on and as we shared back in uh throughout the spring that we did a few things but before we do that i'll let J- matt jump in yeah no i'm i'm uh i'm excited for everyone to jump along with the uh, this does not equal that podcast because those are such good learning tools um so be sure as you are downloading that podcast to be able to Go to social media and check out the photos that we reference. Um, if if you if you don't have social media, find the video on YouTube in the coming weeks. But that's the really the best value for you to be able to see exactly what we're talking about. Um, 
but yeah, on this podcast, I, I'm excited to see kind of what we get into talking about because we both have got uh, a lot of cool projects happening. Uh, I think I think some are moving along better than others um, for for the both of us, <laughs> and um, it's just a matter of of time and getting stuff done. But it's still as we're implementing stuff, very cool to see things coming together, um, and I think you got to enjoy the process to enjoy a hunt down the road that much, that much more. It's, it's the process, the plan that really, I think, um, extends the season, extends the opportunity to enjoy land ownership. No doubt. No doubt. I mean, you know, uh, <clears throat> I've been even quiet on social media the last few weeks, um, trying to make posts, but, um, we've got some stuff going on that is just like, it's consuming me from the standpoint of we're still consulting, still writing reports, but in the meantime, I'm trying to not only just completely abandon my family, but finalize some projects that we have, uh, deadlines because of cost share, um, uh, on the, on the farm that Chad and I bought. Um, and I mean, it has been, excuse me, but the phrase balls to the wall kind of deal, um, where it's like I, we are working our tails off. I'm not sure we're going to get this done, but we got to. So we're just going full bore. Yeah, I, I've been uh, on the flip side of that. Consulting, working. My wife and I, we've got some medical stuff we're dealing with, and then let's say a month ago, I guess it was a month ago, we moved and moved into the house um, on the property that we bought. And so it's been, <laughs> for lack of a, a different term, because it just, you, I mean, it just is it's so fitting, balls to the wall trying to get moved in, painted and renovated um, to make this place as appealing, um, honestly, to my wife as much as possible from the get-go. <laughs> Everyone knows you got to, you got to um, make sure mama's happy at home. And this was a big change for her. And one that she, a step that she did want to take wasn't like, Hey, we're doing this kind of situation. But at the same time, I'm, I'm uber cautious and um, definitely mindful that this has got to be really comfortable for her to make this work long term. And so we're not as close to some of the conveniences and all the the things that go on with life. And so um, in the process of doing that, I haven't gotten into a ton of wildlife projects, but it's allowed me to get stuff planned. Um, But in the meantime, what I've been able to achieve on the property um, has, has resulted in her like loving this place more so than I than I really would have imagined. And so that to me is a, a huge plus and a huge win. Yeah. No doubt. Just a month into the, into the process of making this place home. Yeah. So I'm, I'm happy to be able to and have I, accomplished that. I guess why we're doing this podcast is because when we, when we t- kind of updated everybody on, you know, Chad and I purchasing and then you purchasing this is, we updated you to tell you about it, and we said we were going to walk you along, and um, I think it's important that 
we do some podcasts every quarter that really kind of tell you about the work that's occurred over the last few months. And, you know, for Chad and I, we closed on the property in February. And unlike, I mean, different from you is yours includes a house. So you got to usually when you get a house, you got to start working on that first. So you're kind of a little bit behind the eight ball from the standpoint of like, there's stuff that needs paint. And, um, and so it's like paint or chainsaw. Well, that's an easy question. Yeah. And, um, for Chad and I, it's like, well, we bought the property. And so there's no house. And so it's like, we got to get these things done. And we did some cost share programs, um, through NRCS and, um, one of them included fencing, uh, exclusion fencing, keeping cows out of, out of Creek banks and, um, kind of just more environmental friendly practices, keeping cows out of the forest or out of the woods. And, um, so we're trying to get that done. And in the meantime, though, we did tell you about, um, so we closed in February. One of our big projects since then has been the glade restoration. And then we did fire. So the glade restoration was cut in January, February, and we burned in March and about a, I don't know how big of a unit, but about five and a half acres got cut and about almost a hundred acres got burned in that. And I mean, Matt, you've seen the pictures. It's like night and day difference. No, it's, it's incredible to be able to, to one personally have, have known, seen the site, walked it for years, um, as to what it was. And then I didn't help cut that at all. You and Chad did all that. And then to go and see the pictures of, um, it being cut, walking it during turkey season after the fire had gone through there. And and it's just like, holy cow, this is this is awesome from an execution standpoint. And then I mean I, I saw it when it was still black. You know, I I yeah. haven't seen that region, just the pictures, but you could tell I mean I, you could tell from the get-go that after that fire had gone through there, and, and one, just, just getting sunlight, that it was going to be amazing. Um, and I think the pictures really helped showcase the value and the importance and the, and the, the feasibility of restoring a rare and fragile ecosystem. And I think that that sounds like nerdy and weird to a lot of people, uh, but something that obviously we're all passionate about and excited about. But it was completed in in a matter of a few months. And I know we chatted about this on a couple other podcasts, but really, that's amazing yeah. to restore something that is declining at a rate, um, an, an incredible rate. I mean there there's every single year more and more glades are just lost and um this was restored in a matter of a few months yeah to an amazing to an amazing degree so um that yeah that's that's definitely definitely a, a win for you guys um to have such a response out of that yeah and and for years to come we're going to be able to go by there and see just how my how amazing it is and one little side note on that fun fun one is, you know, we love trees, but certain times there's there's collateral damage and 
Um, when we burned that, of course, we burned it very hot, and we burned it only a month and a half after the cedars got cut. So there was cedar piles. So trees died, and and, and several chinka pins, which is kind of mm-hmm. unique to glades. And, you know, you could look at it and say, oh, my gosh, you killed some trees. But we look at it and we're like, yep, shouldn't have been growing there. Um, yep. That's supposed to be hot and dry and burn regularly. And so... It's not that we're hating on trees, but it's just like you got other places to grow. Here, we want forbs and grasses that are pretty rare in this part of the world. So, um, the specific ones that are growing on that glade, like cylindrical blazing star or Baldwin's milk vine or Ozark coneflower. Um, and so, we're like, nope, should have been. It's like Happy Gilmore. He, what's that guy? He shouldn't have been standing there. It's like, yeah. the tree should have been growing there. And Colby Sharp, good buddy of ours, works at NRCS now. He said, uh, well, something like in a text message, I sent him a picture, and he goes, you know, oh, them Keith boys are burning. There's going to be trees getting torched at some point. Well, <laughs> so- I mean, honestly, in, in, a, in a heavily forested area currently, I mean, who cares? Yeah. We got plenty of trees elsewhere. There's just no shortage. Yeah. I mean, there's absolutely no shortage to to cry over spilt milk. Um, Because guess what? There's there's plenty more out there. And then guess what? You're going to still go and cut more. I mean, through through TSI, through a timber harvest, more are going to die. More are going to get cut. And and it's ultimately going to make it better. Yeah, and so I think that's that's just such a hard image and an idea to grasp for a lot of landowners is is the tree is honored and there's so much um, unnecessary value placed on the to some trees, not all trees, um, but again, it's just a matter of you almost have to like know your place, you know, like the military is 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 very rank oriented right like yeah. everyone has a role everyone you know this comes before that you listen to him you know blah 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 and, and so on and so forth it kind of can be the same way from from a landscape side of things like hey listen when we're managing for x species there's things that have a higher ranking than others and when we're looking at quail or we're looking um you know at some songbirds Trees, yeah, they play a role, but not nearly the degree that a high diversity of grasses and forbs are going to. No. So it's no. like kind of know your place. No doubt. Yeah. And a fire has a good way of letting things know their yeah, place. Just where they stand, no <laughs> doubt. Yeah. Or where they or where they stood. It does not discriminate. I mean it just Sorry. is like if you're in a nook and cranny and I can't get to you, you're going to survive. But if you're out there in the middle of a slope and surrounded by grass, yikes! You don't, you I don't like your chances. Yep. Um, yep. And so uh-huh. that was a big one for us. That was that was fun. A lot of a lot of work, but we got it done in, in a month or two, and um, you know it, it looks amazing now. The other big project that we're working on, and that's the one that's really been taking the time, is the fencing. Uh, almost four yeah. and a half miles of fencing. It's not glamorous. It's not, I mean, you'd probably have to look real hard in the hunting industry to find a fencing, fencing content. Um, <laughs> but as I was talking to Chad when we were building this, I said, 
This is in the top three greatest things we will ever do for the wildlife on this farm. And he's like, yeah, uh, yep, uh, yep, I think you're right. I said, there, there, there is only few things that I would say probably rank higher or at least in the top three. It's kind of like name your top three movies. I don't know if I can give you or name your favorite movie. I don't know if I can give you one. I can give you five. Um, and, and I'd say in the top three things, or what's the best thing we could ever do on a farm? I don't know if I could give you the number one, but I can give you three. And I think number, number one, two, and three, not in this order, but of the three things, there's the use of prescribed fire, the use of a timber sale, and the use of building fence. I think those are my top three from here till the second coming of Jesus Christ will be those three things improve my farm the most. Yeah, I think that uh, we we talked about this when we when we presented um, the Onyx and NDA habitat module, but there's a there's a need for operators. When I say operators, I'm talking like cattle operators, farmers multi-use properties for those who are listening who like to hunt but they need to make an income cows are a resource and and sure they have a mind of their own and four legs but that doesn't mean that they're brighter than than us you have to like intervene and tell them where they should go and how long they should go there for and so when you guys are putting up this fence, the boundary fences and the cross fencing, that's essentially the game now that you guys can play opposed to years and years of large paddocks and um, fields that cows just kind of went wherever they hung out there for months. And that was their field for that portion of the year opposed to you're here in this portion of the field for two days and then you're moving to the next and then moving to the next because you guys are operating, managing the cows as a tool, a tool from a wildlife standpoint, a tool from a grazing standpoint, a tool from a monetary standpoint, opposed to the cows just running themselves. No doubt. No doubt. And I think that's what, that's the, that's the idea behind why it's so good of a, of a practice and why it'll be so impactful um, because yeah, they're not in the timber anymore and they're not having uh, an immense amount of pressure on hardwood regeneration for growth and compaction of the soil. They're, they're just in the field and they're being managed and they're being moved. So yeah, pasture quality uh, it's, it's just going to drastically increase. Um, and, and all the legumes in the pastures will drastically increase too. Cause it's not, it's not lip high grass anymore. Yeah. There'll be clumps. So there'll be more shade. There'll be more water retention. And like it, oh, the list goes on and on and on and on. Um, yeah. And a big I, thing is we'll be able to hold because we'll have resting pastures, pastures that actually have an extended period of rest will grow more grass therefore we'll be able to have more cows on the on the ultimately we're going this is kind of one of those things that in the cattle world you can throw out phrases like 
it makes sense if you it's kind of like it makes sense if you don't think about it kind of deal um there's one for everybody to chew on um but overstocked or overgrazed and understocked and overgrazed that's the word that's the phrase understocked and overgrazed how's that happen and yep. and and in this one we're going to have a have the ability to have a larger herd on fewer acres and that's where um that's where I'm excited make the farm more profitable um because we're so, in- so essentially what you're doing is you're you're making the acres that you have in pasture more usable yeah right yeah. for cows we're yeah. trying to throw that wildlife term for people listening more usable um and healthier and and at the same time too there's a a, there's there's not much that a overgrazed lip high pasture will do for wildlife but a a well-managed um regenerating pasture with cover and additional legumes in the pasture does way more for wildlife than that lip pie pasture or overgrazed pasture. Yeah, exactly. And so, like, I'm I'm excited because there's portions of my family farm and this other farm where cows have been in the woods for years and years and years, and it's just like, ah, I know what this could be if the cows were removed. And there's portions of the farm that that have good that have decent grass, but to get the cows in there, it exposes them to other food plots. It exposes them to the chance of other food plots or other p- parts of the farm where it's like, okay, now that we've got that fence, we're gaining some acres that, but not exposing them to others that we really need for wildlife. So, um, you know, that's the big, that, that has really been, uh, we started this project and we were planning on doing it in the winter. And then my dad had some health issues he had some things going on he couldn't get down there and help and ultimately I was trying to train him to do a lot of it um and then ultimately led to yeah I'm doing it and then I've been having some issues some knee issues and tennis elbow issues and it's kind of slowed me down especially on the knee side and it's like oh my goodness now my summer at least till the end of June I know what I'm doing with any free time, and we've really had to kind of open up our schedule to to accomplish some of the things that both you've been dealing with, or you guys are dealing with, and Chad and I are dealing with. It's yeah. like, there we are. That's our summer, at least till the end of June. There's only so much time in the day, and um, I'm I'm excited for the fact, I guess, now now that a lot of things housewise are, are in place that I can play a little bit more. Yeah. Um, but I, I've got, um, herbicide. I don't have it mixed yet, but I've got herbicide ready to go and pretty much do a preliminary, uh, invasive load reduction, initial spray in an area that I'm getting ready to just chop and drop. Yeah. So, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get ahead of some multiflora rose, bush honeysuckle, um, and, and reduce it, get it killed. And then just, uh, I've got cedar, I've got some young walnut, I've got elm, um, some young oak, post oak primarily, a couple red oaks, 
but that's essentially the what is comprising the majority of the the big two and a half to three acre bedding thicket that's going to be put in um, in the next few weeks. So I've got to I've got to spray that, and then it's grabbing the chainsaw type work, which is going to be fun because this is this is like for me in this place. This is the thing that's going to really change um, deer usage on the property. And so I think I was just telling you pre-show, my wife and I put out a camera and uh, it's been baking for a couple of days and there's like a doe on it. Nice. <laughs> it's like, man, I was expecting maybe like, couple maybe get a picture of a fawn you put it back maybe. in that old field area yeah yeah um so back in a, a quiet place tucked back in um in among some some timber timbered areas so i'm like okay something some will pop through um but very little deer activity which to me i guess honestly like ultimately am i discouraged no i'm really not because I know the value that the work that's going to be done um, initially here before season opens up is going to have deer during hunting season really utilizing the property because um, it's that type of cover just does not seem to be around this area whatsoever. So I think that's a product of summertime and and kind of a, the new farm, um, not really knowing much about okay, where to place camera besides, hey, opening pinch in the opening. <laughs> I'm going to set it here for, for a day or a couple of days and let it let it sit and simmer and see what it captures. But really, I, I'm, I'm just pumped to be able to finally get some of the house stuff done and get working on this. So I've done a initial sweep through the property of, okay, here's some high-level 30,000-foot views of what's going to happen on the property. Um, here's what it looks like now. So we can kind of get this before and after video uh, beginning. So you guys will see that in the in the next couple of months dropping on YouTube. But then there's going to be the implementation side of things, too. So um, drone footage, that whole jazz, how-to videos, they will be coming and pumping out as we're getting a little bit more wildlife-friendly projects underway here. So uh, yeah. I'm, I am excited to see that transition no doubt i know no doubt um another thing we're working on is we're supposed to have fingers crossed lord willing um supposed to have logger coming in this summer um hopefully he won't be there very long um but there's still a decent amount of timber to cut on the property that we bought and we're trying to do some final cutting so we can kind of refresh forestry management plan in place and start moving forward on major tsi but at least knocking in some major clear cuts bedding areas and really uh changing the place overall and creating some more roads so a couple main projects for the farm and, and i'm hoping that two of the biggest projects to ever happen on this place in modern history let's say are happening in the first 12 months of buying it fencing out the woods fencing out the riparian area and major timber operation on, you know, the heart of the property. And I, I think that there's a lot of people who are, who may potentially be listening or they're in a similar position and said, I've got a, I got a newer property. 
or heck, maybe they've had it for 10 years and they're still just hesitant to just go as aggressive as what it is you're talking about doing or what I'm doing um, here. And it's like, how do we, how do we phrase this? How do we, how do we share this in a manner that is going to be able to reach that person who's sitting in that boat right now, um, who's hesitant to, to implement this type of work. And I guess personally, I'll give you a chance to, to answer that question, but I would say I, it's not going to get better until you do something drastic and if yeah. you want to stand out among everybody else, you have to offer something different. And yeah. so that's, I just want it to be so different than anything else around here that I know I'm going to trump just about anything else. And so if I'm trumping that, then I'm going to be carrying, holding way more deer and or turkeys. And so I, to me, it's just, it's not, it's not a, a matter of, of if I'm going to do it, it's just how quickly can I get it done so it starts functioning in that way or responding in that way I need it to because that's the end goal of the property. Like, yeah. That's what I want to accomplish. So so what would you say to someone who, who's sitting in that boat? Yeah, uh, don't wait. Don't sit on your hands. Like Time is so limited. Get after it. And, and typically, what is one of the most common, let's just speak on timber operations, what is one of the most common phrases that we hear? I thought I cut too much, realize now I should have cut more. Uh-huh. I don't want to be that person that says, we should have had the logger cut harder. I want to be that person to go, ooh, <laughs> maybe we cut it too hard. Nope, that's just right, because unlike a lot of the timber operations that you'll find, we're going to return with TSI and we're going to return with fire. So we'll be able to hold back the brush, if you will, to a point and make this phenomenal. And it will look, and it's a podcast coming up, but one of our clients sent us some pictures of their aerial photos, new satellite images of their farm with major timber operation going on. And I can promise you without a shadow of a doubt, their farms... They're two guys pretty close to each other. Their farm looks unlike anything in the neighborhood. I I was thinking about this earlier, Adam, and I don't know if this is the route we'll go with, with that, but <clears throat> it's funny you bring it up and say that the podcast, because as we were doing the, the second podcast for this week, this does not equal that, I was picturing, wow, we need to do a podcast with that aerial, those properties, in comparison to just another random property um, because it doesn't have to be a, a vegetation level. This does not equal that, but even a 30,000 foot view, your property should look different. It no should doubt. look offer these drastic changes. And that's, and, I, I think not just like it should is like, if you want to know if it looks different than your neighbor, look at a satellite image. If you can't see it, it's probably not significantly different. Then then go to sleep, wake up, pick up the chainsaw. <laughs> yeah. And and you can definitely tell it on this one and you can kind of be like, "Whoa, that looks different." And and it's kind of it, it's 
it's drastic enough that you're like, I, I want to see that. Yeah. I, I really want to see that. And uh, I, I think that it would blow some people's mind as to if it looks that different from 30,000 foot up, man, how, how much different does it look from a wildlife perspective from a deer that's two and a half to three foot tall eye level looking in and among there. It's got to be absolutely loving it. And their hunting seasons reflected that last year. So going into another growing season, I'm sure that they're just ramping up for, for more success. And here's the, I would say cool thing. Um, but they haven't even, implemented prescribed fire yet yeah and pa is opening that up making it more easy they are so they are i i can only imagine what's going to happen up there they are they are priming the pump for some incredible stuff and and for not even a neighborhood but but imagine those properties being managed in the the natural resource of timber renewable resource being managed that aggressively to offer some incredible wildlife habitat then to follow up with prescribed fire be the first few in the state to implement prescribed fire on habitat like that those would be some of the best farms period in the state yeah from, it, from a habitat as we choke standpoint. around some say this is the stuff magazine articles are about are written about or yeah. this is the stuff people write books about. There there are going to be very, very, very few farms in an entire state that are going to have the intense management that those ones have seen. It's That's a humongous lofty goal. We're just trying to get people to stand out in a neighborhood. If you stand out in your neighborhood... That's an that's amazing. That's all you really need to shoot for. But again, you've got to go intense and you've got to implement. No one's going to come there really and just implement a plan for you. It's got to come from like your directive and you got to be the one to just pick up the torch and do it. No doubt. No doubt. So Anyway, that was a good update for everybody. Hopefully they know what we've been up to. Oh, yeah. forgot. Guys, we're trying to think of a name. Family Farm yeah, yeah, yeah. and and this farm. And I know Matt's trying to think of a name too. So I we're am. looking for ideas on what we should call this. A couple names came to mind. Prairie Fire Ranch, Prairie Fire Farms, kind of playing in with some of the regional lingo or Whistling Woodlands for my family farm and, and the farm we purchased. So we can just call it the Whistling Woods Ranch. Uh, Whistling Woodlands Ranch, sorry. Um, or Matt, and you've got some ideas on your place. Yeah, one of, one of the things that we picked up on, and honestly it's kind of fun to see, but we have a lot of foxes, red foxes, which is kind of unique for this portion of uh, Missouri. Don't don't see a bunch of them. Um and my grandfather's, it was his all-time oh, favorite animal. That's what I was going to say. I know you got some sentimental stuff to the yeah. to the, to the uh, red fox with your grandfather. So yeah, might be a so, play, play on that kind of stuff. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I'm trying to think of something to incorporate red fox in the name. But, like, 
Red Fox or, or Fox Hollow. Yeah, that's all been done before. It's like, I'm just trying to think of something kind of creative um, for for this farm. And um, when I say homestead, it's not really a farm, but anyhow, property. I'm open to ideas. So if anyone wants to uh, throw them out, let's go to incorporate Fox, Red Fox into a name. I'm, I'm all ears. Let us know on social media. Send us a message or you can uh, email us at info at landlegacy.tv on the names. But I think um, I'm, I'm going to send I'm going to cast a vote for your guys's. And I like I like the Whistling Woodlands. Yeah, I've never seen it. You know, I've heard Prairie Fire before, so we'll see Whistling Prairie, Woodlands. Prairie's in a lot of different names, but yeah. but Woodlands they just they don't get love, they don't get attention, and um, extremely valuable, but also very fitting for the way you guys are 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 managing that too. So yeah, I think it's, I think it's fitting, and I think it's got a good ring to it. Yeah. Yeah, well, appreciate that. Anyway, guys, um, we hope you enjoyed it. Follow along for continued updates and more video content coming as we hopefully get some projects knocked out. And we have the time to get the cameras out and start filming. Um, That'd be nice. Yeah, wouldn't that be the dream? (laughs) Look out world the day that Matt and Adam have the time and are living on their farms. Because we've been doing two podcasts a week, two hour long or 45 minute long podcasts each week for several years there is no shortage of content there is a shortage of time to produce that content and so when the day comes that we have the time let's say we live on our farms or i live and you're already living down there we have the ability we'll be pumping out some content buddy it'll be brand new world yeah no doubt so anyway (laughs) guys hopefully you enjoyed it we'll catch you next week see you guys 